Hello, and welcome to Spin as a Four-Letter Word. This is Jen Renahan, and this podcast episode is just for the ladies, which is why you hear me this morning instead of our regular host, John Maroon. And I'm uh, joined here today, as always, by our producer, Brittany. She's normally silent, but I'm making her talk today. Hello. Celebrating Women's History Month, so got to be on the mic. Absolutely. Um, So yeah, in honor of Women's History Month, I'm very excited to be joined by two amazing women um, that are in our local media market here in Baltimore, have been in the media industry for a long time, Um, Tracy Brandes and Gina Crash, both of Odyssey Radio Group. Um, Tracy is the Senior Vice President, Market Manager um, of Odyssey, and she's, you know, she's such an experienced leader. We work with her all the time um, on creating really um, compelling and creative and results-driven campaigns for our clients. Um, She leads us and helps us um, with our clients' paid campaigns, and and she's been just a great, great resource for us over the years. And Gina Crash, I must say, is a radio legend here in town. Uh, She's currently the morning show host of uh, Today's 101.9, but she brings, you know, 25 years plus years experience in the broadcast field, and very excited to talk to her today. So let's jump right in. Ladies, welcome to Spin is a Four-Letter Word. Thanks so much, Jen, for having us. We appreciate it. Awesome. So let's jump right in. Um, you know, before we get to the good stuff, kind of talk a little bit about, you know, women's growth in the industry over the years. Um, Tracy, can you just tell us a little bit about Odyssey um, and its presence here in, in the Baltimore market and nationally? Sure, absolutely. And, you know, a lot of people know us as radio, and mm-hmm. certainly that is a uh, big part of what we do. But really what Odyssey is, is Odyssey is part of an audio universe. And we look at discovery and connectivity. So our audio universe is all about premium content. We bring people together around what they love most. And really nobody does that better than us. And we do it through sports and music and news and politics, entertainment, events, you name it. We bring people together. And what's interesting is we are a national company. Obviously, we're here locally in Baltimore, but we cover 90% of the top 50 markets. We have 245 radio stations across the country locally here. Obviously, have we have 101.9 with our lovely Gina Crash. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Mix 106.5, and we have 105.7, the fan. Um, but we reach 40 million monthly active users on our streams as well. Wow. So even if you're in the Baltimore market and you like a particular genre of music, you can find that on our stream, and you can find that anywhere across the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, We have 31 million monthly sports fans, 25 million plus podcast listeners with over 2 billion annual downloads. And we're basically in in pretty much every market across the country, number one and number two in all of our music formats. And we also um, we also focus on multicultural audiences as well. Uh, 45% of our audiences across the country uh, reach multiculti listeners. So it's a big company and um, has a lot more than what a lot of people realize uh, just off the bat. Yeah, it's a really good point. You know, we, we, we say radio all the time, but it really is audio. Um, you know, in the digital world we live in, it's so much more than the, the tra- traditional radio that, that we remember from back in the day. So thank you for, for clarifying that point. Yeah, and the multi- multicultural thing, I will also add that Odyssey is recently partnered in late 2020 with the National Urban League and here locally with the Greater Baltimore Urban League. So mm-hmm. 
opening up that dialogue to serve both our audiences and, you know, really get that, make sure that, that what they're doing is, you know, we're getting the word out about that. So I, I always interview Tiffany uh, Majors, who's the, you know, CEO and president here locally. Mm-hmm. Quarterly, we talk to her and we just sort of get an idea of what they're doing. So that is something I'm really proud of that we're doing locally as well as our commitment to environmental issues as well, where we have the one thing campaign or, right. you know, where it says like, if you do one thing, it can change the world. So we work with Blue Water Baltimore. We're going to do that on Earth Day. So I think our company is very, um, very mindful of that, of using our platform to help others. And that's what I'm all about too. So I think that's what makes it a really cool partnership. Yeah, absolutely. And we love your public affairs show and, and, you know, how you lift up so many organizations here locally. Um, we love tapping into that and, and having you a part of that with our clients. So yeah, you guys are the best at that spotlight on Maryland. You, you always are the most thorough um, PR people I've ever worked with as far as getting like the questions and the context and how do you pronounce this person's name and all that <laughs> stuff that seems like nitpicky at the time, but you're so detail oriented, everybody on your team, that I couldn't do what I do as, as well as we do without people like you that help us do that. So thank you so much. Well, thanks for that. That's great. I think that's because there's a lot of females here at Maroon PR. <laughs> females are detail-oriented. We're the world. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah, so let's get into a little bit about, you know, women in the industry. And, um, and let's take a minute to kind of look back. I actually did read up on a little bit of women's history for this. Um, and I think it's no surprise that... Once again, being Vera Thero. Yes, yes, of course. <laughs> I even have a source. Uh, radioworld.com is where I, I did a couple of my... Um, my research, but I think it's no, you know, surprise that women have had a hard time, you know, breaking through as actual broadcasters, um, and really in management too, but, you know, focusing on the broadcast side, you know, Gina, in the, you know, in the early 1900s, you know, it was a challenge and men's voices were favored, more dominant and deemed more entertaining back in the day, you know, through surveying and, and such. Um, and it really wasn't until, you know, the 60s and 70s that the barriers against, you know, hearing women on the air gradually kind of started to fade away. And um, I just found it like super interesting in my research. Um, But, you know, just two points of like women that that I came across in my reading. Um, And so this one woman was named Dolly Holiday, um, and she hosted an overnight program of easy listening music syndicated to stations around the country, and her soothing voice and soft music could be heard across the AM um, band after midnight, which is is interesting, um, almost heard anywhere across the country. So, you know, her voice was being nationally syndicated, which was great. Now, that was um, in Memphis is, is where she was based, um, but that was, you know, a man's decision to to let her to do that and he actually hired an all-female staff to run the station too which I thought was also you know extremely interesting at that time frame um and then in the late 1960s an FM station WNEU in New York City um experimented with an all-female format as well um and Allison Steele won an audition against 800 other women and began working there as a disc, disc jockey. And she stayed on uh, with, when the format was abandoned 18 months later, that all-female format. But she did gain popularity as the Nightbird. And again, it was another overnight show um, that drew an estimated 78,000, an audience of 78,000. And uh, she was chosen by Billboard magazine in 1976 as the FM personality of the year. So those are just two women that I kind of I, I found it really interesting that, um, you know, they persevered in that time and, and 
and push through, you know, despite challenges that I'm sure they faced. Um, you know, so Gina, as a personality, is there a female role that you looked up to as you kind of grew up in the industry? Oh, absolutely. Um, back at 99.1 HFS, uh, which was a legendary alternative station that served Baltimore and uh, mm-hmm. D.C., known for the HFS Toll Stadium concerts and all that, um, I started there out of college. Um, I applied for their intern program and wrote a clever cover letter, got myself <laughs> in there, asked the right questions, and actually asked our program director at the time, Robert Benjamin, how I could get his job. And he was like, who is this girl? You know, and does she have it? Is she on the air? And I was on the air doing like Washington Bullets games at the time at an nice. AM station. So I had some, you know, experience and he, she happened or he happened to be married to Catherine Lauren. Um, and she, I don't want to imply she got her, her job by any means because she was married to him because she was, and everybody kind of thought that, which I didn't like because she was incredibly talented. She still is. Um, we call her, you know, Big K or Cat, Catherine <laughs> Lauren. So I, I was her intern. And she did the night show, and it was 7 to midnight, and, like, one of the most entertaining things. I told her she was more entertaining than, you know, at the time it was, like, probably Friends and Seinfeld was on TV. So it was, like, the 90s. But she she always – she taught me two important things, that, the, like, radio can be as entertaining, and if not more, than television. Also, when she mm-hmm. would screw up, she would say, oh, no, and she would make it funnier. She would, she would own it, and she would say, yeah. it's okay to be a, a real person on the radio. And I think I modeled a lot of what I do is, like – People say, oh, my God, you're the same person on the air as you are in the hallway. And I'm like, well, I've really made a point to do that because there's certain people that sound like radio people. And then there's just cool people you hang out with that happen to be on the radio. And I try <laughs> to be the, in the ladder of that group, you know. I think you've but, achieved um, that. So, yeah. Thank you. So as far as like a role model, if, I, if she hadn't been there, you know, I wouldn't have known you could be that kind of DJ, you know, or that you could make mistakes and it was okay. Um, and, you know, just being surrounded by forward thinking men, too, like Robert, who would mm-hmm. hire her and deal with the blowback of like hiring her wife or something. Wasn't there someone else who was more qualified? People ask me who I slept with to get the job. But generally, that was <laughs> women, women yeah. that asked me that, which is awesome. <laughs> I was like, oh, just two or three. It wasn't that bad. I'm totally kidding. But, you know, yeah. but the thought that sometimes that sort of like old thinking came from women at the time, which is right. interesting. And, um, and so I think it's like, I, th- I think it's also, I want to give you guys both credit, um, Jen being COO of Maroon PR, Tracy being our fearless leader and our COO of Odyssey, Susan Larkin is a woman, mm-hmm. just being surrounded by powerful women like that. Just the fact that we can all have this conversation and we have these incredible jobs that we're blessed to do that are in very competitive fields yeah. means that I think we've made a ton of progress since I was a little baby intern out of college <laughs> trying to break <laughs> into my favorite radio station. So. Right. Um, that was definitely someone I think I, to this day, I still credit her. I think she's the best female talent I've ever heard in the country. And she eventually did midday. She did morning. She did nights. But I think sometimes there's a stereotype too, that if you have to have a woman in the midday or a woman can't do anything else, or a woman just has to be the giggling sidekick in the morning, which I've had those jobs too, where I had to raise my hand to talk. But now with Greg in the morning, it's like 50, 50. And I think that's why it works because I've learned over the years. Not to just take a job because it's available, but it has to be the right fit. It's got to be chemistry. It's got to be someone you respect. Sometimes I think we get in the situation where we're so, you know, we got to pay the bills, so we got to find a job. And I'm looking at a headline from the Philadelphia Inquirer that says, you know, um, you know, Gina Crash is joining at the time WMMR as its token female. This is somebody actually writing (laughs) like that. Yeah, in the 2000s. So, you know, and the headline here, Y100 has an AM gal pal. That was an actual headline in 2002. Yeah, which is not that long ago. Yeah. No, it's not. And I I don't know if I blocked that out of my mind or I just made a point to 
make sure that I'm not in those situations where I'm not respected anymore. You know, sure. not to say it wasn't, but it was a different world back then. And people didn't expect that much out of a woman or certainly not to allow them to be 50, 50. It was like, Hey, if you have something to say, we'll get to you. But if not, they, they often did not, you know? Yeah. That's, that's so super I've, interesting. I've learned, I learned a lot over the years. That's for sure. From men and women. I want to credit both, you know? Yeah. Before, so Tracy, before I switched your gears to you a little bit, I think, you know, that point about, um, you know, role models and, and, and males and having, you know, strong male role models as well. You know, I, I came up under John Maroon and he was my mentor in early in my, in my career. Now, obviously I've, I've met a lot of great women along the way and, and call some of them mentors as well. Um, but it's interesting that John's mentor when he came out of college was a female and she was one of the first, um, you know, females to really break through in major league baseball from the league perspective, um, improved herself and, you know, she hired John. So interesting that he, I think, you know, he gives a little bit of a different perspective because he had, you know, he worked closely with a woman. Um, and so I think I've benefited from that along, along the way that, you know, he puts his trust in people that work hard and do a good job where, you know, he, there is no bias against, you know, females or, or males and, and I'm in a, in a really, you know, good position and I, and I feel grateful for that, that I had him, um, what about you, Tracy? How how has your path to you know senior vice president at Odyssey and, and kind of let's talk a little bit about your career? Sure. Well, you know it's interesting as I'm listening to both of you. It, um, it, it I never actually thought about my success or my career as a woman. Mm-hmm. I was just very motivated and driven to be successful. Yep. I mean, yeah, you know, you go into a room, especially once I moved into management and you notice you're the only female in the room. I mean, you can't help but notice that. Mm-hmm. But I never thought about it as, oh, it's going to be hard for me to succeed. I don't know if I was naive or what, <laughs> but I just had it in my head. All right, I've got this. And, you know, like both of you, I had a strong mentor and still do. I mean, Bob Phillips, who um, he's been in a lot of roles here at the time when I came over to uh, what is now Odyssey, he was our general manager. And um, he he was he, he always let me speak up. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we don't even know each other that well, but I'm not exactly shy. And I never mm-hmm. had a problem uh, feeling comfortable speaking up. I voiced my opinion. I shared my thoughts. We had disagreements, mm-hmm. and oh, he was okay with that. And he actually liked the fact that I felt comfortable telling him, you know what, I completely disagree with you. And we would have these spirited conversations. Um, but at the end of the day, it enabled both of us to see, you know, various points of view and make a decision that was really best for the organization. And so I really credit him for giving me um, the confidence mm-hmm. to be able to speak up and feel comfortable and not feel like I had to hold back in any way. And that's really helped me grow as an individual and a business person overall. So, uh, you know, I give him a lot of credit. And to this day, we still work closely together in different roles. But I still bounce things off of him. When I have a question or I'm not quite sure, I go to him and say, well, well what would you do? And I don't always take his advice, I'll tell you that. But uh, he's there to listen and, and give me and be a good sounding board for me. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I've taken the same approach as well. Um, I think just having confidence as an employee and whether you're female or male, like, is just important. Like, it, you know, you just have to you have to speak up. You have to make your voice known um, in the business setting, especially in this field. Um, you know, when there's a lot of quick decisions being made and a lot of people in rooms and you really do have to, um, 
to have that confidence and, and, you know, surround yourself with people that let you have that confidence and build your confidence, I think is super important. Do you have any kind of specific um, advice for young women looking to grow in the media field today? I would just say, you know, again, I, I would go back to tell people what you want. I also noticed with women, and I might be jumping around a little here, okay. but one of the things I've known over the course of my career is there's a lot of smart people out there, women, mm-hmm. men, except, right? But with women, they just think that if they do a good job and they work hard, that it's going to get noticed and they will be rewarded. And while that is absolutely true at times, I think that we need to make sure that we speak up for ourselves and that we say, to your point, Gina, and I love this, what you said earlier, which was you went in day one and said, I want your job and how do I get it? (laughs) We do that. A lot of women hold back. So my advice would be, you know, obviously find a job that interests you, find a mentor in that, um, in that organization and also your boss and make sure that you tell him or her, Hey, here's really what I want to do. I'm looking to grow into X. Mm-hmm. and let them know. And when you do a good job, make sure you share it. Make sure they know. Because sometimes we all get busy and we get a project for somebody, from somebody and we look through it and we might forget. I really try not to do this, but we're all human, right? Mm-hmm. And we might forget to recognize them to the degree that they should be recognized. And I think it's really important overall that we speak up and we say what we want and we take credit for our work. Yeah, before somebody else does, right? <laughs> it's so true, though. It's The world we live in is so fast-paced, and so everyone is just kind of going through the day-to-day. It's hard sometimes to step back and say, you know, to always yeah. remember, say, you know, hey, I think Brittany on my team could really be good at, at helping with X, and I need to go find her, whereas, like, making sure people know, step up, tell me what you want, tell me how you want to be involved, you know, push yourself forward, I think, is a, is a huge pe- good piece of advice how about you Britt how about you and coming up through Maroon PR (laughs) I mean my experience here has been great like you know I've been through a lot of different scenarios like working in sports as well and now being in public relations and you know I have had moments and like freelance gigs where people kind of do doubt you a little bit just because you're a woman and it's unfortunate they're like oh well are you sure you can lift 50 pounds I'm like yes I'm here to do the work I can do a good job and Mm -hmm. I would like to be recognized for that and you know here I'm thrown into a lot of stuff and you know a lot of people depend on me and I really have that confidence to be able to give our clients what they need and that's really helped me grow a lot uh, being relatively newer in the field so it's been great. Awesome. Gina how about you do you have any kind of specific you know points of advice or you know when you think about challenges that women specifically in the personality field you know face today? Yeah, I'd say I'm I'm speaking more like from the programming side where sure. I think maybe there's some more like stereotypes like I was saying about women's mm-hmm. roles on the air. Um, but it's all it's not only I also want to credit um Chuck Sapienza who's on our team mm-hmm. at one oh five seven the fan as our, our brand sports manager. And he's like been very kind anytime there's like, you know, one of my friends' kids wants to get break into the field and they want to talk to Chuck about breaking into the industry. He had some really good advice where he, he hears from a lot of women who are like, hey, I want to be the next, you know, mm-hmm. 
sideline reporter on on the football field, but you don't just roll out of there. He goes, well, how about you want to be the best sports writer and learn how to write for radio, write for sports? Or, you know, he's like, let's let's. It, that's good to have that as your ultimate goal. But sometimes they think they can just like put on a cute outfit and go report because they know something about football. <laughs> but it's not. You know, you really do have to have the the behind the scenes, the basics sure. of writing is where it starts. This passion for sports, the knowledge of sports, the X's notes. So it's okay to have like the ultimate goal. It would be just be like saying you want to be a TV anchor, but you don't know how to write a script or how to go out and gather a story and edit it and all that stuff. So just kind of have an idea of what you want, but also be open to do any little thing. Like I was first on the air overnight, weekends, every major mm-hmm. holiday. Um, I had to move a lot. You know, I had to leave relationships for jobs because, you know, you got to pay the bills. So it's not, you know, it's not always the most glamorous stuff that you're learning in the beginning and the hours can be terrible and the money can be not so good. <laughs> we all know. <laughs> and sometimes you have to be flexible. You know, you have to be like for a while, I was like, oh, I'm only going to work with music that I love personally. It's like, well, sure. you know, sometimes you got to broaden the base. I'm like, well, then I found myself in the middle of the Poconos playing Flipknot, which was great, but <laughs> nobody was hearing me. It was I had like a cume of 6,000, you know, but now I'm back here and it's like at Christmas time, we're reaching, you know, billions of people. Yeah. So at some point I thought my platform to be larger on, you know, maybe a more, you know, mainstream station like ours, it's very family friendly. There's still a way to be creative and communicate with people and help a lot of people just by having that larger platform. And that became more important to me than just, you know, playing the latest band that I really loved at the time, because that's important too, but that's kind of already, I've done that. Sure. Um, but I, I started to learn how you can actually take it further and, and make a difference in the world. So that has become you know, very important to me. So just starting to be the human sponge to ask questions without being annoying about, it. <laughs> you know, you want to let these busy people do their jobs. But at some point when you see the time is right, speak up and ask and be like, hey, you know, how do you do this? Or do you think I might be able to help you with that sometime? Or what do you guys need help with? Or, you know, and I think it's like a leader like Tracy who asks the younger people that come through the door what they think and gets their ideas and we apply them. Because another important thing is to stay on top of technology, yeah. which I think we all do. Where you can't, you know, I know so many people, you've probably heard this a lot, Jen, where like companies will be like, oh, well, we need a younger person to do social media. Yeah. They think it's only <laughs> young people that know how to do social media. That's ridiculous. Like anybody can do it. If they keep up with technology, anybody can be good at social media. You know, so just kind of keeping up with everything and staying relevant to your audience, no matter what age they are, you know, is very, very important. And embracing technology, because I mean, who knew you'd be talking to us having a podcast? Two, I five know. years ago. Exactly <laughs> you right. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're, you're like, oh, no, I'm in the pure field. I don't do this. I work <laughs> with other people who do this. You know, but here you are. You're the star of the show today. And that's <laughs> also, you know, crediting John for giving you that opportunity, too. You know, I always think it's important to thank the people that have gotten help to get us, uh, other than our hard work, where we are today and how we can inspire because the more women that's younger women or whatever age see women in positions like this, are like, oh, that's cool. I'd like to do that. Right. You know, we're setting an example and it's our responsibility since we've been given this opportunity to make sure that we help people along the way so they can be the next generation. Yeah. And I think, um, again, back not to keep crediting the men, but, you know, to John's credit, he he's a really good, you know, connector and relationship builder. And, you know, you talk about Chuck and, and how he helps young people and gives advice and stuff. And John is always, you know a friend's daughter is looking for X or, you know, et cetera. And he spends, you know, 30 minutes talking to them, no matter, like, no matter what, you know, someone, you guys reach out, have a question, you know, young person looking to get into the field for John, he's there. And and that's something I've kind of really taken from him is just help people. And everything's about relationships since you never know what's going to come back around. 
um, to help you later in life. And it's just being open with building connections and helping the next generation kind of come up is, is super important. Yeah, relationships are huge. You guys are, are the best at that. And that's something, too, that I've managed to survive all these years. A lot of people will say, oh, man, you're really a survivor. But it's because I've never burned a bridge. Mm-hmm. I've worked with some people that I've worked against, for, with, you know, like I'm um, sure I'll work someplace else one day. You know, it's like I've nobody, I want somebody to say my name and never have them be like, oh, she's a total jerk. You know, it's right. more like she works hard. She helps other people. You know, like you want to make sure if you Googled yourself that everything came up relatively positive. And if you, you know, don't burn a bridge along the way and you, you like, if you have to leave somewhere, do it gracefully um, and kind of yeah. know how to, how to navigate that where you're not making enemies along the way. Cause you really will come back around and see some of the same faces <laughs> again and again. Especially in, yeah. when you're going market to market and everyone in your industry is kind of moving around and you never know where someone's going to end up. <laughs> exactly. And it's always like, you just read the headlines every day and you're like, Oh, that person, they were there. And this. you kind of <laughs> keep up with that stuff. But you also don't really compare yourself to others. You can't be looking behind your back and seeing yep. what are they doing because you have to make sure you're doing what you're doing Absolutely. and not be concerned with other people so much, you know. Yes. Um, so, Tracy, you know, switching gears just a little bit, um, would love to hear from you. You know, we're both in the, the industry of having clients and keeping up with clients and um, pleasing clients and um, everything's, you know, on email and, and fast-paced responses. So how do you keep up? you know, how, with your work-life balance and how have you approached that over the years? Well, I think some of it is making sure, you know, when you're at work that you're fully engaged and you're, you're getting your job done, but also making sure that you hire the best people possible because mm-hmm. they make your life so much easier. Mm-hmm. And hiring people that have strengths in areas that you may not um, gives you the opportunity internally you know, when you're working to learn from those people and to also have them specialize in certain things. And it's kind of what Gina was talking about as it relates to um, social media, just making sure that there are people in the organization that can really do all types of different things, because that way we learn from each other. And what that also enables you to do as a leader is have a good work-life balance, because you don't feel like you have to do everything. You've got people in place that are experts in certain aspects of the job and they can really help you get that done and that gives you that confidence that if you have something at home whether it's you know a ballet recital or um, a holiday party for your kids or something that's important to your spouse or your sister or your mother whoever it might be that you actually can have the peace of mind to take time away from work to be present at those activities for your family. And I think that that's so important. And look, it's a struggle. There's no doubt about it. And I think we can all probably shake our heads. We're not all together in the same room, (laughs) but we can shake our heads and feel like, yeah, from time to time, it's a struggle, but it's always a work in progress to make sure that you prioritize your personal life as much as you do your work life. Because sometimes I like, you know, I mean, personally, and maybe women in general, you know, we got to get wrapped up in our identity um, related to what we do as, you know, as our job and our career. And we have to make sure that we do take that time to prioritize our personal life as well. And just, again, it goes back to um, having somebody that's a mentor or a boss that also enables you to do that yep. and making sure that you ask those questions up front. Hey, I'm, you know, if you're younger, I'm going to have a baby in the next couple of years. What does that look like? Mm-hmm. Or, 
family already and I want to make sure that I don't miss all the important things in my kid's life or my spouse's life. How does that work? And really kind of setting those expectations up front. And I've been lucky enough throughout my career to, again, have a boss that totally got that and understood that. And I didn't miss one thing. So I would just give the advice to women out there. Make sure you act up front. Make sure you set that expectation. Mm -hmm. And hire good people that work with you and for you so that you can go and, once again, be present while you are at the holiday party or whatever it might be. (laughs) That's fantastic advice. Yeah. That that really is, and I feel like oh god, that happened to me one time. I was my we my sister and I were taking my mom out for Mother's Day early during the week because she was a caregiver for my late great dad. But I was supposed to be accepting a Junior League of Baltimore Citizen <laughs> Award or something. Um, and you know, you try to be in every place at once, and they're both important things. And I'm like, oh, but thank goodness for Greg Carpenter. Props to him. He took time out of his night. He went and accepted the award for me. I eventually showed up later in the night so I could do two things. But even if it's if it's not kids, even if it's just family mm-hmm. or, or caring for an ill parent or something, um, you know, you really do have to remember that that's the kind of stuff that, you know, you're going to want to be at. <laughs> and, yeah. and if you miss it, you're going to remember that you missed it. So Tracy's absolutely right. And that's really cool that she's been able to do that because that's, I think something that, um, and I think remote learning and COVID, if there's any positive, has helped us understand that as people yeah. are home, taking their dog out and making sure their kid gets to school or learns how to do school on a computer. It, it's really helped people realize, oh, we can get the job done at the end of the day, but they don't have to be sitting in front of me for eight hours every single day. We can still be productive and we can still manage households and not, you know, feel like we're drowning. Yeah, absolutely. And- Gina, that's that's a really good point because, you know, even our life here at Odyssey, right, we used to be in the office, and it's a little different for you, Gina, because you're on the air and you need to be in the broadcast studio. Right, right. But right now, you know, we're in three days a week and two days work from home. Five years ago, we we never would have thought we could do that. Mm -hmm. And, And on the broadcast side, right, I mean, you had to broadcast from home for almost two years. So it is possible, and that does enable us. It also enables us to um, have a, a larger uh, talent pool when we're hiring because we do offer a more flexible schedule, and it gives our employees a better work-life balance as well. So I agree with you, Gina. I think that if there's one thing that has been positive from this experience of COVID, it's been the uh, the the observation that we can work from home and get it done. Yeah, and it's yep. and sometimes even more productive. Um, and people are learning how to, to maximize their time better. They're not spending time on the road all the time. So that's definitely there's some benefits. Um, so just one last question for you ladies as we wrap up. Um, this has been awesome, a really great conversation, but I would love to hear from you guys just a little bit about, you know, where you think the audio industry is going. And, um, you know, we talk about podcasts and you talk about streaming and, and how you like reconnect with people through digital. Um, so we'd just love to hear from both of you, Tracy, if you want to start. Um, well, I mean, you know, if you look at audio, it's changed drastically in the last three to five years. And we talked a little bit about it in the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, basically we capture people wherever they are, right? If they're in their cars, they may be listening to music. They may be uh, downloading a podcast and listening if they're going on a trip. I know a lot of people that do that. Mm-hmm. Um, they listen in their cars. They listen on their phone. 
Um, they listen on their computer. They can stream any station anywhere across the country. You love, you're in Baltimore, but you want to hear um, a, a station that's in New York because you used to live there and you love that radio station. You stream it, you listen to it. So we really have broadened our scope so much. And it's really about telling, you know, storytelling and uh, appealing to listeners based on what they like. They like sports. Mm-hmm. We have sports. We have the MLB stream. You can listen to any you know, Major League Baseball game across the country because we have the ability to stream that. So it's, it is an audio universe. We, we provide premium talent, whether it's local talent or national talent that's going to connect with the communities. And that's, that's really it. It's just expanded so much over the last couple of years. Awesome. Yeah, it's so I love I love that digital aspect of just like you know how easy it is to get air checks now and to send them a link to a website for you know audio is so accessible. Throw it out on social media. There's so many different platforms that people can hear things rather than like oh when I left Philadelphia to come back to Baltimore, I was like oh I guess we're never going to hear you again. It's like no, yes you are because <laughs> you can listen on the app. You can listen on. The I mean, it really does broaden everything, and it's just continuing to evolve with technology like that. I mean, we'll probably be. I don't know. Uh, we already asked Alexa to play a radio. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I don't know. Well, yeah. Oh, well, electronic device in your office is going to play whatever you want. It's probably going to make a sandwich for you while you're listening to, uh, you know, well, five, seven, the fan. So it's just keep moving forward, keep embracing change and uh, technology and, and work with it. Cause you know, don't be replaced by it, but <laughs> work alongside it. You know what I Don't let it like make you obsolete. Just keep moving forward. And I can, I'm really excited to see what's to come. Cause Odyssey is great at that. And I I think branding is important, too. We went through a big rebrand. Tracy will tell you this, like when we were Intercom, they just thought it sounded like a computer company. But, you know, Odyssey is part audio, part audacity, part. And some people might call it audacity. (laughs) And I politely correct them, you know, because honestly, part of branding is rebranding is just making sure people have it right. Or if they have the wrong app, I won't say any other companies that do what we do because I'm not going to say their names, but if, you know, I've had my own relatives think that I'm on a different platform, right. I have to correct them and say, no, no, it's Odyssey. How do you spell that? Like, even if you feel like you're spelling out, but do it, you know, because otherwise that's, that's one more person that knows where to find you and don't assume they know where to find right. you. Just really like a branding is super important. People still call our station Light FM and I'm like, no, yeah. we've changed in 2014 and we rebranded it today's 101.9 and I politely that, yeah, we still play the Christmas music, but we're, we're also changing. But it's like the beauty of a solid brand like that for many years is that it still, people still think of it as that. So you kind of have to do your work and say, well, no, it is actually called this. I'm doing um, some project runway modeling for, uh, you know, an event. And yeah. they had me down as today, today 1019. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, well, can we just change one thing? Everything yeah. looks great. The detail. Great, but it's <laughs> today's 101.9. <laughs> Because if it says today, that's what people are going to, they're going to think it is. So if it's in print, you know, it's my responsibility to correct people and to change it and to make it right if it's not. So I'm constantly like on the lookout to make sure that we're, you know, letting people know where they can find us. Because I don't think you can say it enough. No, you can. And there's so many options out there today. And it's, uh, you know, even when you try to Google something, there's competitors popping up when you Google your own name. And that is confusing to consumers. And so, yeah, the more... I don't think you can say Odyssey enough as it relates to, to your stations yeah. and, and, and what we're doing here com- in town. Right. And competition does make you better. I'm never afraid of that. I, mm-hmm. always, you know, sure. I, I do spend mm-hmm. time listening to other people competitively just to see what they're doing. Um, not, not every single second, but it is, you should be mindful of what other people are doing sometimes as well. For sure. 
Well, this has been fantastic. I really appreciate you guys joining us today. Um, you are great partners for us here at Maroon PR. Um, love working with you guys and looking forward to what we're going to do for the rest of the year. We love working with you and, you know, thanks for including us today. Yeah, thank you so much. And, and Britt, too, you're amazing. And uh, I love how it sort of represents like Brittany could be the future gen one day. Right? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> I might be running a market for one day. You never know. You never know. <laughs> big goals. That's really cool. Got to dream big, Absolutely. right? You got it right. Yep. So thank you guys so much. This is, I think, a really cool uh, month to celebrate women's history, and this is a really um, effective way to do it. Well, that was really awesome. They have extraordinary careers, and I think they gave all the same advice that I would give to anyone coming through the, the field as well. So it was a really interesting conversation. Yeah, it was great. It's always good to hear other people who have been in the field, and it really motivates you to be like, if they can do it, I can do it too, especially starting out. So, And, you know, I've just had experiences where, you know, I'll see, oh, my gosh, another female videographer. Like, it's just great to kind of see that happening and developing. So. Yeah, for sure. And, like, they just, you know, everyone's in the field, whether you're a man or a woman, it takes a lot of work to get to where they are today. Um, it's taken, you know, John a lot of work to get to where he's and, and myself as well. And, and I do think they brought up a good point about, you know, sometimes you might just see someone standing on the sideline or you really like a, a personality and you don't realize how much work it, it takes to build a career like that and to be flexible and to build your confidence. And um, so it was just really interesting to hear that from both of them. Well, this has been Spin is a four-letter word. It's been great having you join me, Britt. Yeah, first time. You know? Yeah, awesome. <laughs> High fives. Um, so if you want to follow us on social media at Maroon PR, um, check us out. Drop us a line if you want to have any um, discussions with us or have any ideas for our podcast. We'd love to hear you. And we'll talk to you next time.